0: So you drafted a fantasy football team. Big deal. Ooh, Ooh, wow, good job. Drafting is only half the battle. A month from now, you're going to wake up, check your team, and see that your three best players are hurt. Now what? You need to play the waivers, make trades, know who to start, and that's what we're here for. We're coming to you four times a week during the regular season to give you everything you need to win your league and dominate your group chat.
1: Search for the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together... We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Chicago everywhere. Check it.
2: What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah,
1: yeah. Welcome to episode 26 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. As always, Spotify is the gang. Hi, guys. How you doing? How's all your bulls? Joy and and Bulls hype and Bulls fervor. I know it's still out there, but these last couple of games against the Philadelphia 76ers have been a little eye-opening for, I think, Bulls fans and national observers alike because now the Bulls aren't creeping up on anybody. They're on everyone's radar. See, yo, you got Joel Embiid taking off the Portland game so he could play against the Bulls. And uh, boy, would would I like for him to stop taking off games so he could play against the Bulls because, man... Tony Gill, I know you're out there listening somewhere, somehow. My teammate over at NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, I'm not ready to say that Joel Embiid is the best player in the league because, you know, he's hurt a little bit. But I will say this, and I, this is, this has always been my, I won't say gripe, but the only thing holding me back from all full-on Joel Embiid love is the man, if he was in better shape, uh, if he was in better shape, I know he's been beat up, you know, physically. I know he's, he's got knee issues. He's got some foot issues. But if the man was in better shape physically, we wouldn't be having a conversation this year and maybe last year about who the best player in basketball is. Like, everybody knows I'm a huge LeBron fan. And if you're not, I don't know why not. You know, 17, 18 years of greatness, I, I don't know what else you need from a man. But I love the sport of basketball, so I'm a, I'm a fan of LeBron's. But, man – these last couple of years, and just in moments, like Kevin Durant, there's no arguing against Kevin Durant being the top three, top two sometimes. top Best player in the game maybe the last two or three years. But if Joel Embiid is healthy and Joel Embiid is focused and Joel Embiid is on a mission, there ain't nobody messing with Joel Embiid. If the stuff that he was doing in this last game, the first game against the Bulls, you know, it's just a regular like ho hum bad game where he's got like 18 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, something stupid like that. But what we saw <laughs> at the UC, this man is hitting step back three pointers at seven foot two, 280 pounds. This man. Saves the game for him in the first game by, you know, a questionable non-foul call, or overturned foul, I should say, uh, meeting Zach Levine at the rim. In the second game, he goes out there and without really breaking a sweat, controls the game the entire game. Defensively, he's everywhere when he's locked in. If he was in better shape, and I've said this before, that, that's Elijah Olajuwon. A bigger Akeem, because Akeem was, what, 6'10", 6'11"? That's a bigger Akeem Olajuwon when he's in shape and when he is locked in. Now, the difference is Akeem Olajuwon was always in shape. Akeem Olajuwon was always locked in, and that's why Akeem Olajuwon is probably the most underrated, uh, great player of all time next to guys like Isaiah Thomas and some of the others, right, like Elgin Baylor, uh, like dudes we don't talk about enough where it's like, yeah, that, that dude was the shit. Joel Embiid, obviously, social media age. It's not going to be any time we're not talking about him being the shit. Joel Embiid is legitimately great. I don't throw that around a lot. Legitimately great. And if he was in shape, the best player in basketball. I think the things that he highlighted in, in the Bulls' deficiencies are, one, uh, defending a big man, you're going to have to have a lot more Tony Bradley minutes out there. I think Vooch moved his feet and did what he had to do, but there are too many fouls for my liking that Nikola Vucevic commits where they're not big man fouls, where it's like, you ain't going to get this shot off. Like too many and ones can be given up with the way he fouls, whether it's a, a you know a, a lackadaisical dig or when he just gets his hands in the cookie jar a little bit too much. I think Vuce is having a tough season offensively, and we all think that uh, for, for myriad reasons. One, because he starts slowly. Two, I think the fact that DeMar DeRozan, is getting a lot of points where Nikola Vucevic would be getting him. And if you really look at the spots on the floor that Vuce scored from when he arrived with the Bulls last year, like Zach Levine was either at the rim or at the three-point line. DeMar DeRozan plays exactly where Vuce is playing. So it's not as if he's not getting those shots. He's getting 15, 16 shots, I believe, in the last couple of games apiece. But – knowing that you're going to get it in a certain area and knowing that you've got a certain amount of moves that you can have in that confined space without bringing a cutter or without bringing a person from the weak side and knowing that DeMar DeRozan is not going to shoot a whole hell of a lot of three-pointers, it allows guys to sag in the paint. There was one moment uh, in last game where Zach Levine was getting ready to drive and all five defenders had a foot in the paint. The Bulls' lack of outside shooting is going to haunt them until Kobe White gets back, until maybe a move gets made. You know, the last pass in possessions is so important. We talked about it in the pre- and post-game show where you guys end up being the last pass for a reason. You know, when you see really well-executed offenses, that means the, the, when the ball is flipped from side to side, when the ball is being skipped and you got one more to give and one more pass to the open man, usually the last pass, if you're executing the offense right, ends in the shooter or the scorer's hands. You saw it a whole bunch with Furkan Korkmaz, who is pretty much, you know, uh, Larry Bird against the Bulls last two, three years, right? But for the Bulls, the last pass ended up in Javante Green's hand a couple of times, and he, he shot, I believe it was a wing or a corner three. It landed in Derrick Jones Jr.'s hands a couple of times. One time he shot a wing three. That's not their game. So with this offense being so brand new and the pieces of it so brand new, if Zach and, and DeRozan are combined for 55, 56 points a night and you just begging for 54 from the rest of the group, that's not good. And if this team ain't up and down and running, it's, there might be some issues. And Billy Donovan kind of warned everybody of this. When when DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine were all put together, immediately everybody was like, "Bulls going to score 120 points a game. And it's like, wait a minute. That's a lot of people who are used to scoring or used to having a basketball in their hands. Maybe the offense is going to be the thing that takes the longest to come about. And that's what we're seeing. The half-court offense is stagnant. This team was getting in the mid-20s in terms of assists per game at the end of the season last year. This year, there's too many 17s, too many 19s. I believe last game was 20. If this if this team is going to win offensively, because that's where a lot of their, their strong suits lie, the offensive prowess of Jamar DeRozan, the way the Lonzo ball can push the ball, and, and the vision that that dude plays with is just uncanny. And, of course, Zach, who's one of the best one-on-one scorers in the game, the way that this thing is going to really be humming is got to move that thing, got to move this to this way too many hard shots that have been hit in these first nine games, first eight games. So the Bulls are sitting there six and three. And you think about how many tough shots they've had to hit to get to six wins. Um, it's, it's It's interesting to watch, though, because it's on Billy Donovan. You know, you you can you can throw as many oops to Derrick Jones Jr. and have Javante Green out there dunking and standing people, but at some point the league is going to get enough of this tape and go, okay, what's your next move? And Kobe White is going to have to be the next move because Kobe White is going to add a dynamic to this team offensively that they just haven't had off the bench. You know, Alex Caruso with all the all the cool things that he does offensively, there's some limitations there. Um, and, and what's going to happen is teams are going to see that bench production go down and down and down, and if you're going to have to you know, filter or, 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 or uh, rejigger the, the starting lineup, whether Derek Jones Jr. is going to get in there for Javante Green or you're going to you know, go with another small lineup, Billy Donovan is going to be consistently and constantly making moves, so uh, defense is the only thing that's going to get this team by, and what happened in the second half, their defense slipped. The attention to detail wasn't what it was supposed to be. But going forward, Bulls fans, you know, this team's gonna be entertaining as hell all year long. You know it and I know it. And and you're gonna have to get through some growing pains with a new group that they're getting through. Like watching teams learn each other sometimes is clunky. There's gonna be some what the hell are this what the hell is this games? And they're gonna be some games where it's like this is what it could be. Like, like the good what the hell is this? So Hopefully many more good what the hell is this rather than what the hell is going on out there that we probably have seen over the last couple of games. But I think they'll figure it out. only thing is you got the Brooklyn Nets coming in here, and James Harden is fresh off of being virally uh, (laughs) embarrassed with him letting a ball roll all the way into the backcourt, not picking it up and giving up a dunk. And Kevin Durant, I'm sure, is still going to be Kevin Durant. But when Brooklyn comes into this, this United Center on Monday night, Uh, One, it's going to be my birthday, so it'll be the first game that I I will not be working this season. But I'm looking forward to it because there are true tests coming up in this month of November. If you look at this schedule, after this Brooklyn game, You know, comes a whole bunch of playoff contenders, a whole bunch of teams with stars. You're talking about Luka, you're talking about LeBron, you're talking about Paul George, Damian Lillard, Nikola Jokic. If Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan want to be not just respected but feared around the Eastern Conference and the rest of the league, this November gauntlet is going to tell you a lot, and it's going to start with these Brooklyn Nets coming up here on Monday night. On
0: the take. Fields was going to do something with it, but it was not this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just tried to roll out to the right. Of course, people were there, cut back. He's trying to get out of trouble. And then, of course, I knew I could outrun guys to the left. Breaks out of a tackle left. And I just saw you know, a lane start opening up. To the 15, 10, 5. And then I just ran it right in the end zone. So, I mean, I can't really describe it as literally just have enough instinct.
0: Enzo, touchdown! Touchdown Bears! 22-yard ad-lib
1: play, a broken play turns into six for Justin Fields. That was a uh, big play, uh, and that's you know what uh, the guy does. Big-time players make big-time plays in uh, big situations. I think this, I think this is going to be Justin Fields' stage. I think. The All right, Doug that... Jr. Doug Jr. <laughs> make the case of the Bears <laughs> winning. Here we go. There it is. You know what, Tay. Like Clear the runway, Tanny. Here it goes, all right? And we can start right there with all right, Doug Jr. All right, and damn it, I, I would, I would be, uh, I'm, I'd be honored to be referred to. And there already is a Doug Buffon Jr., so, I'm, you know, but I'd be honored to be thought of as the son of one Doug Buffon. And what I'm going to do for you right now, various fans, is make you feel better about this shitty game that you're about to watch on Monday night, all right? So this is what's going to happen. Forget everything, all the prognostications that you've been hearing. This is exactly what's going to happen on Monday Night Football, all right? You got no Khalil Mack. You got Eddie Jackson, who's doubtful. You got David Montgomery, who's returning and still, you know, trying to get his legs up under him. No no pun intended there. But you, you got a lot of question marks, all right? Listen to this during the Monday Night Football game if you need it, okay? Because I'm sure this will happen. Justin Fields, ladies and gentlemen, will continue the week-to-week indictment on Nat, Matt Nagy or Nat Meggy, whatever you want to call him in this moment. I'm on a roll. Don't get in my way. Justin Fields will have his first 300-yard game of his career. And as you heard from Ryan Shazier, or listen. Ryan Shazier's got it for you, okay? Ryan Shazier is my guy. Tuesdays, him and James Jones, the Ringer NFL show. We talk a lot of shit about the Packers and the Steelers and the Bears. I'm sure people are tired of only hearing about those three teams. Ryan Shazier has been telling me about Justin Fields and how much of a dog he is and how much differently this thing's going to look once he's got all the confidence in the world to maybe get out of some plays or make some things happen. We saw the best run from a quarterback we've seen in in a decade plus uh, last week. So now I think he's going to go up against this vaunted Pittsburgh Steelers defense and Mike Tomlin and, uh, you know, all the Pittsburgh legendary stuff that happens at Heinz Fields. It's still Heinz Field. Doesn't really matter here. Justin Fields. 320 yards. This is about to become a same-game parlay, by the way. Justin Fields, 320 yards, two touchdowns. He's going to throw one pick because, you know, that's just what Justin do. Two touchdowns, one interception. He's going to run for another score. The Bears are going to win this game 24-16, to 16, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to beat the pants off the Steelers. and the, It doesn't sound like you're getting your pants beaten off of you if it's only by eight points. But, damn it, eight points for the Bears is like 30 points for every NFL team out. There, so I'm saying it right now. The Bears are going to beat these Steelers on Monday Night Football. I believe the Steelers have won something silly like 19 games in a row or something like that on Monday Night Football. Well, damn it, that means things need to stop right now. So if you're listening to this before the Monday Night Football game, you're welcome, right? If I if I helped you make a bet, you're very welcome. If you're listening to this at halftime or after the game and it hasn't gone this way. Well, then damn it, that's on you. You need to make better decisions on who you're taking advice from, especially when it comes to your finances. Your lady shouldn't trust you, and your, your kids should be ashamed that you gamble their college money in that way. So, yeah, there it is. You're, you're, you're kind of locked right here on the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff.
2: It's the Full Goal.
0: This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
1: Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Garth. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ryan Shazier. He is uh, he is a man of many talents, many businesses. Uh, he is he is he is a man who is never uh, not eating uh, at any point during our pods or our pregame meetings, and he's a dude that I'm very uh, very happy to have made. Some kind of connection with because of the ringer, because of Spotify, and these these opportunities. Every once in a while, you get uh, you get blessed with a presence. And in the short time that I've known this dude, was going on a couple of months now. Uh, each each pod, each meeting, his uh, his his personality comes out. And on top of it. I will say this to everybody that's listening to this now. <clears throat> in our first meeting, I asked this man, "Would he be okay with talking about what he's been through?" And we're gonna we're gonna talk about a little bit of it and talk about his life and talk about the Steelers versus the Bears. But he was like, "Yeah, I'm not. You know, it's fine. I could talk about it." And I I wanted to extend him that courtesy because I can only imagine in our business how many people lead with oh, I I know what happened to you with the spinal injury or, you know, I I know about Ryan Shazier because I grew up uh, a Michigan fan. And and that's, a few people know this about me, Ryan. This is still the only team that I can kind of root for with, Without having to be – I don't have any objectivity when it comes to that. Like With the Bulls, the Bears, the Blackhawks, you know, local t- – I grew up in this. Like when I was 19, 20 years old, that's when I started working at, at the local sports station. So, you know, you got to kind of get some of that objectivity out of you. I mean, subjectivity out of you. And have to be you – you know how the sausage is made. But as a Michigan fan, I will never – I will never forget, you know, it was like all right, they're talking about this linebacker out of Florida. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. And then on top of it, I see that, you know, he he was recruited by Urban Meyer, Florida. He went to go play with Jim Trestle. So that that means he thought he was just going, oh, you know, I can decommit and just go play with Jim Trestle and slap around all these all these uh, Big Ten boys. But uh, coming out of coming out of Plantation High School, if I'm not mistaken. Ryan Shazier, uh, let's start with the journey, man. Let's start in the beginning of it. Uh, When did you know in high school that this was about to be the path for you? I mean, was it Pop Warner? Was it middle school? Because I always wonder when, like, young prodigies who turn into NFL, NBA, major league baseball players, when they knew that, all right, this is something special.
2: So when I was younger about middle school, high school, in middle school I didn't really know. I I was always a guy. I was good, but I was – I would say I was better than the average kid. I knew way more football than the average kid, but I wouldn't say I was always the best guy on the field. I was never, like majority of the time when we played football, I wouldn't say I was the best kid on the field. Because m- mm. m- when you're in Pee Wee and all that type of stuff, the best guy on the field, in Florida, like the be- uh, in middle school you're playing, <laughs> in, in Florida you're playing like Pop Warner. You're not playing like middle school mm. football. So basically the best guys on the field are playing quarterback, running back, receiver, those type of positions and I played DN, tight end, and I, I wrecked havoc, but I didn't really have the ball in my hand. So it was really hard for me to say I was the best guy on the field. Okay. But when I got when I got to high school, um uh, <laughs> when I got different story. Yeah, 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 huh? I, Look I, at the smile. I, I, started, uh, I started feeling right. a little bit better. When I got to high school, it was my my freshman year, I was on the J V squad and then we we ended up playing in the playoffs and I was I was, playing on the, I was playing on the varsity, and I was making a few plays here and there, but it was nothing big. And then my sophomore year, going into my freshman year, I had tore my labrum. So I missed mm. pretty much the majority of my beginning of my sophomore year. But then towards the end of the year, I played JV and then finished in varsity. And when I started playing in varsity, I was kind of dominating. And I was playing in JV and moved up in the playoffs, and I was playing well. And then once once my junior year came, I I knew I was just as good as anybody. My junior year, Mm -hmm. I start like the third game until my junior year, I had an offer from Florida State, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State. So the season wasn't even over, and you name those five schools right there, pretty much every school in the nation gonna be like, here's an offer. You know, like if you wanna come here, you can come. You know, so how
1: how was how was that process for you? Because you know, going from a guy who didn't feel he was one of the better players on the field to two years later, you are one of the better players in the nation. What was that like for you? In terms of what was important to you, what you, your family was making sure was important to you, like what what was the 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 fit so the, necessary the, for Ryan Shazier? The recruiting
2: process was fun because most people, like I was just talking to one guy uh, who played for the Steelers. Now I was talking to him, and he was like. I was like, wait, why you ain't go to Ohio State? You know, uh, cause he went to Michigan. I was like, why you ain't go to Ohio State? He from Ohio. And he was like, Man, Ohio State, man, they they picked they uh they signed a DN over me and I felt some type of way, so I went to Michigan, right? <laughs> and then somebody else was like, uh, I was talking to my best friend, he was like, Oh man, it's a kid in my high school. Um, he's a coach. It's a kid in my high school, he just committed to Florida uh, Florida State or Miami. He was like, Man, he always wanted to go to that school his whole life. Like and I, I always wanted to go to Florida State my whole life, but me and my dad always thought about it, it was like, man, it's kinda cool going to school your whole life, it's just your lifelong dream and all this and that, but it was like, man, I got a bigger vision. <laughs> like, I got a, like, yeah. some, like, some people make decisions off of childhood dreams. It was like, me and my dad was like, hey Ryan, like the way you're starting to play, and you're competing, because we used to go to camps and things like that. So I competed against everybody. It was like, man, we're trying if you're trying to make it to the NFL, you gotta think about like what's best for you and then what's the best path for the NFL. So instead of like just jerseys and this and that, me and my dad, <laughs> me and my dad really had like a big white board in our in our living room. Like imagine you just making this making business yeah, decisions. Yeah, making business decisions. <laughs> like so imagine like you walking into your house and it's your living room. And then like people come into my house every day, like I promise you for like a year, like the, from my junior year to like the middle of my senior year, we had a big whiteboard in the middle, and it was just like all the schools that offered me, and it was like Western Michigan and all them type of schools. Like I, I just we'll just wipe them off, you know what I'm saying? Because just, and I'm not trying to throw shade on them, but it was just like if I got Alabama, Ohio State, and all these schools, I I, I feel like I would have been selling myself short, you know, going to mm-hmm. that type of school. So, like I'll wipe them off and then we'll just have like 20 schools up there like all right this is what's good here d- d- like this is the depth chart here this is the coach here like this how many guys go to NFL here like you know like if you don't make it to the NFL this is the best education you know like we like me and my dad actually like looked into all that type of stuff and then yeah. and then uh and one thing that I didn't want to commit to was a coach I ended up doing it but like one thing I didn't want to commit to was a coach. Because I, me and my dad also understood that coaches can leave, you know, and that's what I did. When my initial commitment to Florida was, I committed to a coach, but they still had all the stuff that I wanted. Right. But I committed to a coach, and then after that, after uh, after, so I committed to uh, Florida at the end of my junior year. I had all the offers, but I'm like, I'm gonna stay home, not too close to home. It's like four or five hours away. So if my parents want to show up. It's not like oh, they just gonna surprise me. You know? <laughs>
1: they gotta get a little warning. Yeah, they gotta get a little warning, yeah.
2: but if they do yeah. show, like if something bad happens, something tragic happens, they are not, far, they not away. far away. So that was kinda of my thinking with Florida, but they still had everything, and it was just coming out of the national championship picture. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, I'm in the mix, I'm cool with that. Coach Meyer resigned, the day he resigned, I, it was a kid at my school named Jeremy Cash. He was committed, like I committed to Florida early, he committed to Ohio State early, like he committed super early. Me and my mom and my dad, like we knew his family and everything like that, but they weren't we weren't super close. And my my parents weren't just the biggest fans of how like Jeremy conducted himself. And not not because he's like, oh, he always got in trouble. But like Jeremy was a really, really smart kid. You know, he was like a really yeah. smart kid. So it kind of like with him being that smart, it was almost like like almost Aaron Rodgers. Like it's he's so smart, it's almost arrogant. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is like that, but it's just like some guys are just so smart. No, we are. Yeah. It's
1: all good. You don't have to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I'm> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but
2: but some guys are like so smart, it's almost arrogant. And that kind of like, my, kinda like yeah. rubbed off on my parents. And they was like, man, I don't know if I want you to go to school with him. That like, he wasn't like a – he wasn't like a uh, – like he didn't like rub off on me or nothing like that. Like we were completely different people. But like that right. was kind of like – one of the that knock- would be the next step for yeah, you. Yeah, that. that was kind of one of the knocks on Ohio State for me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, and and the thing is, Ohio State. So like when Urban Meyer re- resigned, I I was trying. I was going to school early in January, and Urban Meyer resigned, and I had this uh, computer class, and it was at the end of school because since I'm going to school early, it's no point of me taking just like. You know what's what those uh uh what's those classes called? Pre-reco- yeah, recreational classes. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, pre- okay, like yeah, 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 not yeah. not core classes, but just you know, okay, like yeah. so basically I was electives. electives, yeah. So I wasn't taking electives. Yeah. so I just was in a computer. I had a computer class that was strictly on mm-hmm. core. You know core classes. So it was a computer class, and we was finishing up, and then he ran into the the classes like the end of the the, the day. He's like, "Man, your coach resigned." I'm like, <laughs> like like basically like just like laughing at me, like cause you know like in the day it's like. Like man, y'all don't yeah. know what's going on. You going to Florida, this and that. Like in Ohio State, always in the top ten. So he was like, "I'm going to Ohio State." He's like, yo, coach resign." Laughing. I'm like, "Man, you, you kidding me? Like you, you bullshit." Mm-hmm. And then, then I, so I'm I'm on a computer class, so I Google it. You know what I'm saying? So, I, <laughs> <laughs> so you're so I, I, you're gonna, you gonna put the put the class to yeah, work yeah, for you? because like I was yeah, already yeah, yeah. done with my classes. Like I didn't like I was in there just like finishing up. Like someone like I was actually like cleaning up my like GPA. Because I already finished mm-hmm. the class, like so okay. I, you can start taking more classes, and once you finish the class, so I was kind of cleaning my GPA up, so I didn't really need the next class I was taking, and then, so I was like, all right, let me Google it. It's all I see is Urban, Mar- Urban Meyer resigned from Florida, and I was like, I, <laughs> I remember, I remember to this day, my teacher looked at me, see him come in the room, she was like. I Google that. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm out, <laughs> and I walk clean you out. Of, gotta, oh, I clean out of the class. You you left the class yeah. as soon as you found yeah, out that I, Urban Meyer was no longer the yeah, coach. Yeah, I left I left the class because, like, basically, I was already already had enough credits to be a, um, to graduate. So, like, basically, right. from this point on, if you're like, oh, you failed this class, it's like I already already took this class. So It's like I'm right. trying to get right. instead of having a C, I'm trying to get a B. You know what I'm saying? So it's like mm-hmm. if you no, I got if you, you. If I you I basically saying. Oh, Ryan walked in the class. I'm like, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's it's bigger fish to fry. My coach just yeah, my, re- co- re- resigned. Yeah, my coach just resigned. Yeah. So, like, I walk into my head coach's office, Ohio State and LSU, both in the office, just, like, chilling, like, talking to the coach. And I walk in there, and then I talk to my coach. And I'm like, hey, coach, can, like, coaches, can y'all give me a second? I want to just talk to my coach. And I'm like, man, you heard what just happened? He told me. He's like, Yeah. And I was like, it didn't, LSU and Ohio State were already like in my top like 10, top five, top 10 schools. Mm-hmm. But Jason, I was going to school literally in like less than a month. He's <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So like, so I'm. Yeah, it's a big decision. For yeah, so a it's a big make. decision. So like, so I, so both of the coaches was there. They're like, we know what's going on. So they waited and I was like, hey coach from LSU, hey, can I talk to you for like 15, 20 minutes? Then I was like, hey, coach from LSU, can I talk to you for 15, 20 minutes? And then, Ohio State. I mean, from Ohio State, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I talked yeah, yeah, talk to both of them. I called my dad, and I'm like, hey, dad, you know what's happening, da-da-da-da-da. i like, I only have a month. I don't have a bunch of time to figure out where I want to go to school. You know, and, and this is why I was
1: – What was the difference for you? So
2: I, so I told both of them, I'm like, hey, like, I'm literally going to have to come to your school like within the next few days. It was a Wednesday, I think he resigned. On Friday, I was in uh, Louisiana. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like I went on my official visit Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then um, I came back, and
1: then uh, what did you have to do? What did you have to do with the clearinghouse or the NCAA? Because I'm, for me, in this in this instance, I, you know, we talk a lot about how kids have to go through this mill that is the, you know, the NCAA. But so the thing is, House like, for, I already had. What, all, what did you have to do? I, I already did all that.
2: You had to think like I already did all the information I had to do to go to college. So now I literally just had to like. Just put a name on a piece of paper. Put a name, like, so it like, so like, you have to do all your houses, You have to do like all, like you have to get into the school. You have to do all that stuff. Right. So I right. did all that stuff for like Florida, but I didn't really like, I didn't really like finish all the paperwork for. It's like I'm enrolled. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So like basically okay. all. So you
1: weren't signed, sealed, and delivered. Yet yeah, I wasn't before. signed, sealed,
2: delivered yet yeah, because I was going early, so I didn't sign a letter of intent. Or nothing like that. Right. Okay. Gotcha. You know, so gotcha. so what,
1: what what was the what was the difference so I, between Ohio State and LSU so for you?
2: LSU, I went by myself. Ohio State with my dad. So look, listen up. <laughs> but, uh, so, but but the thing is that's so funny is when I went to LSU, I had a great time. Like I spent time with the players. It was a great time. Like in, in high school, I was like, man, there's some beautiful girls here. Like I was really like, yeah, yeah. I was really having a good time. Like, man, this I'm I'm going to LSU. Like, I don't care what nobody say. I told my dad that. Like I'm, I'm, it's in the south. It's in the south. You know? Yeah, because I told myself yeah. I'm like, if I'm going to any school up north, I'm going to Ohio State because they win. Everybody else up north is cold, and y'all ain't beating Ohio State.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> that's a hell of a that's a hell of a that's a hell of a, uh, a slogan for a team like Ohio State. Hey, come here because like, if you cold, you
2: at least you gonna nah, win. No, nah, no. So like Ohio State, it's like SEC football, but up north. Everybody else. Yeah. Everybody else is like They
1: come down well, that's the thing. Urban Meyer and before that Jim Trestle would come to Florida, get dudes like y'all, yeah. and then y'all run up here against dudes who either would be on a basketball court normally or it's too damn cold to be practicing football right. all the time year round. So that's that's how, yeah. you know, hell, Indiana with Tom Allen the last couple of years, they go down to Florida and get dudes like yeah. y'all. So yeah. So like it's, it's, it's that's the so, way.
2: So so basically it's like everybody else competing for second. I'm not going to – I'm like, if I'm going to come up hey, north – So did Michigan say anything to you? No, nah, no. Nah, I, yeah, I had to offer permission. I had to offer permission, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. Who's who the head coach at that time? Mitchell Rodriguez. I wasn't going there. Oh, I, I feel yeah, you. No, I wasn't going nah, there. I got you. Yeah, nah, but, uh, yeah I got you. Yeah. So, like, and then Penn State Penn State offered me. They went straight to my coach. It was just like, hey, we know we don't really get guys from Florida much. So we don't get guys from Florida much. So if Ryan wants to come to Penn State, if, if Ryan want to come to Penn State yeah, it is. Let, like he can come you know what i'm saying but like we're not about to just say hey Ryan you're you you have an official scholarship this and that because it's like they don't want to waste scholarships right you know you only have so many to give so it's like they, they basically was like hey man if Ryan want to come here let us know we we good to go but it but we're not so but so 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 Ohio State Ohio State was we, like my we, fifth we, offer so i went to Ohio State yeah. It literally was my worst visit i ever went to in my life and and the reason I say that and, and I and I tell people this even when like when I was at Ohio State and kids was like they'll they like have a kid come in like and you recruiting the kid like well, not recruiting the kid, yeah, but like yeah. basically yeah. like they'll have the yeah. older kids on their visit. On their visit, yeah. yeah. And I was like yeah. and I tell people like, man, Ohio State was my worst visit. And the reason I say that is because I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. When I left home, it was eighty degrees. I got to Ohio State on <laughs> my official visit, it was negative ten degrees. It was negative ten degrees, Jason. So, so
1: you, what, you weren't prepared like cold no, wise, I, or was just your skin. So like, so like for? when people
2: say, "Hey man, it's cold in Florida," I mean, you throw it on a windbreaker. You know what I'm saying? You throwing some Tim's on, you know, in a, a Scully. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it. That's it. Man, we flew in. I got off. I got on the tarmac. Like not even the tarmac. I got on the jetway, and I'm like, "Damn, it's cold." Like you know. What I'm saying? So like, so like when the coach came to pick me up. Like, I was, I like, me and my dad, we was, uh, like going to the school, and before we even met people, I was like, hey, like, I understand, like, me and my dad have to stop somewhere and go get a jacket. Like,
1: because you know? it was like, <laughs> before before you tell me why, I should yeah, be before here, yeah. we have to go get some insulation. Yeah, so because it was, it, it yeah, right, it was really cold out here. So, so you had never had like a, a real winter coat. Is I what like, you're I
2: stayed in Texas, and it, it snowed before in Texas, but like, Texas cold ain't Ohio cold. You know what I'm saying? So like it, it don't get negative in Texas, not in I stayed in Waco. It don't get negative in Waco.
1: You know? Okay, so the so, the visit, the visit yeah, it, so, it was cold and then what else happened? So the thing
2: that was funny, like on a visit, I told my dad I was like I don't care what's about to happen in Ohio. I'm going to LSU. Like I told him that. My dad was like, "Man, nah, just at least give these people a chance." You know what I'm saying? Like give them a chance, see what's going on. Nah. And I was like, "Oh, like dad, like already already got my mom made up." You know, so but I I visited the school then I actually spent time with the guys. So, like, I spent guy, time with the guys at LSU, and I spent time with the guys from Ohio State. I spent time with the guys, and spending time with the guys really made me feel comfortable. It made me feel like, all right, man, like hanging out with Jason right now, man, this actually feel like, man, you grew up how You're I... just kicking it. Yeah, you grew it. up yeah. how I grew up. We kind of had the same environment. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we kind of like the same people. When I was at LSU, it was like I was hanging out with the dudes. We was having fun, but it was just like, man, like our background's different. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't, mm-hmm. we ain't got the same... Type of connection, same type of connection, yeah. and then also yeah. at a at, what made it bad is normally it visits the, the the kids or the the players be there. Ohio State, the day I got there, they left to go to uh oh. to go to a bowl game, and they was playing um in the Sugar Bowl. I think they played Arkansas okay. back then. Okay, and it was in the okay. so they was practicing for the Sugar Bowl. So I seen them practice one day, then another day they was gone. So I didn't really get to spend time with Coach Tressel them. Coach, Coach Fickle that much. I, I spent time, a little time with Coach Fickle, but it wasn't a whole lot of time. So I didn't really get to spend a lot of time with these guys. But when I didn't spend time with the guys, I spent time with, like, the guys that, like, didn't go on a trip or, like, right. you know, and so I was spending time with them. And I was like, man, it's, it's pretty cool here. Then me and my dad started thinking about it. it like, hey, man, Ohio State, you know, all the linebackers that started at Ohio State since you've been here all made it to the NFL. You know, Coach Fickle won the best linebacker coaches in in uh, in, in college. You like you are gonna always have a chance to win a national championship here. You know, mm-hmm. the alumni base at Ohio State is crazy, and then it's like <laughs> the education at Ohio State is is good. It's not Michigan. Michigan's a little bit higher, obviously, but it's 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 a great education. Good school. It's a great education. Yeah. You know, so yeah. And it's like, and then I was like, if I if I go to Ohio State, I know for a fact I'm going to be okay when it comes to like finding a job finding anything in in Ohio. Ohio is like a, a professional team. Ohio State is like a professional team. So, like, we thought about all that stuff. And then my dad was like, also, he was like, if you do go to the NFL, he was like, you will be prepared for the cold. You know, and it was like, so we thought about all that stuff, and then we came back, and I was just like, man, dad, like, I understand I wanted to go to LSU, but it feels like I will feel more at home going to Ohio than I will you know, and I will feel more comfortable with my coaching staff and everything at Ohio State than I did at LSU, and that's why I ended up going there.
1: And then you pop up on the campus, and you, 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 you didn't redshirt. You played. I played every you game. Played every game, yeah. but you started the last three. I started last. I started last four. So I started the last
2: four because, and it was crazy because I, uh, the guy that was in front of me, the the, the senior. So and this is another thing that me and my dad account like equated to when I was playing. So a lot of dudes when they go to college, they're like, "I want to play right now. I want to play right now. I'm good enough to play right now." My dad, I was playing a linebacker, and I was learning the the position of linebacker. I wasn't. I I played DN in high school, so I wasn't. I wasn't like you know, grew up a linebacker and all this. So And
1: you wouldn't you wouldn't even move into edge, were you? You were inside. Yeah, I was inside. Yeah, I was inside. So you went from DN to inside. Yeah. Like, so so like, I was it was, so yeah. it was four three. So it was
2: four three. But it's still Okay. It's off
1: the ball linebacker.
2: That's like an inside linebacker in right. a four three. Right. So right. I, so me and my dad was talking was like if you're gonna play linebacker, like if you go if you go to a school right now and they're like, hey Ryan, you're start right now. Me and my dad was thinking it was like, if you're starting right now, that means you're the best there. Like to in my me and my dad said it's like That's a different way to look yeah, at like he's it. like you're the best there, so it's either they're gonna recruit somebody to be better than you or you're not getting better right. me and my dad thought about that, and then it was and then also Ohio State had a guy who was a senior in front of me, and if all I had to do was play well and learn from this senior at linebacker, and then the next three years all' been there it would have been all mine. So I was like, Who was the guy? His name was Andrew Sweat. He actually lived in Pittsburgh. He actually lived in Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. And then, okay. so he ended up okay. getting hurt in a Purdue game. In the Purdue game, I just went crazy. Like, I went, I had like eight tackles. I had. Yeah, in the third quarter or yeah, something, right? Yeah. Like, I had, the interception. Yeah, and, I, I dropped the interception. <laughs> yeah. I had like eight, eight, uh, I had like eight tackles, a sack, two, like three tackles for loss, a forced fumble. And, and like, I dropped the interception. I was going crazy. And it was so crazy. It was like during that game, I remember I asked the coach. I'm like, man, sweat coming back, like you know, like <laughs> no,
1: no, because have I done my part enough? <laughs> no,
2: it was it was Am like I, in the first is quarter. This my job. It was like, in the first happening? quarter, but it was like I knew I was good enough. But I'm like, yo, I, I like this dude start over me. You know what I'm saying? Like so, right. like I'm just like, man, is everything okay with him? You know, like I because I was like, man, I waited for my opportunity, but it's like, like normally I get in for a play or two or like like a series here and there, Jason. But like for him just to completely come out. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. yo, what's going on? And he was like, man, Ryan, like, sweat hurt, it's all you. When I heard that, I'm like, all right. And then I balled out that Let's game. Go. And I started my next game versus Penn State. I had 15 tackles. And then when he came back, he came back and they was like, hey, yo, the guy that was next to me, they was like, hey, yo, you gotta move. And then put him in that spot and let me stay in the spot I was in. And then from that point on, I, you know,
1: the rest, yeah, the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah, yeah man. No, I, this, it's crazy how life happens because I, I remember uh, all, most of those Michigan-Ohio State games when you were at the school, and it was, uh, it was, it, it, you knew who was on the field, yeah. you know and, and you knew that this dude was running in a way that you don't see a lot of guys run. And then, you know, you know fast forward, you go to the combine, the, the draft process for you. Uh, and I, I went back, and read some of your strengths and weaknesses from some of the draft scouts out there, and some of the things that they were saying. Six one two thirty eight, 238, which you, which you clocked in uh, at the uh, the pre draft combine. You ran a four three eight at the combine, and I pulled my now, hamstring. T- talk your shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so 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 uh, all, that moment leading up to it, you know, understanding that this no longer was just a game. This is about to become a business even though you love the business that you're in. What was what was that process like for you? From okay, I'm declaring this is this is what I'm getting ready to do, and now the business end of it. Like w- w- what needs to happen? Your, your pop sounds like he was, you know, a, a major part of your football life. What what needed to happen? How did you have to get your, yourself together because you were about to become you know richer and more famous than you had ever been in your life playing a sport that you love? So
2: for me, I always just try to have the best people around me when it came to anything I did. So to, like, when we, we looked at all my agents, we looked at what the agents presented when it came to training for combines and just wh- who they had before and what they provided for those guys before. And I ended up with Jimmy Sexton at the time and he's with CAA. And to me, I, I would like to say he's the best agent, but I feel like he was the best agent for me. Everybody agent is different. You know, mm-hmm. Rich Paul is great for LeBron, he might not be great for me. You know what I'm saying? And and that's the right. same thing for Jimmy Sexton. Like, I wanted somebody that can help me get better and make money. I don't need somebody that's always around me and like a father figure. And I'm not saying Rich Paul is like that to LeBron, but it's a lot, it's a lot of agents yeah. like that to do. It's like, they have an event, they want an the agent there. They, you know, they doing this, they want an the agent there. I'm like, man, my, me and my agent understands like when I was playing, hey, Ryan, you focus on football and I'm gonna focus on making you the highest paid player at your football. And then, if you need something, I can give him a call and figure it out. So, we end up figuring out IMG was gonna be the place I trained at. And that's where, like, Luke Keekley trained and a lot of guys mm-hmm. trained before me. And I was, I was, I felt for me to gain weight and just really grind out at what I wanted to get better at, IMG was the place for me. And one thing about me, and my wife noticed as well. I'm a person that likes to be out I like to go out I like to be around people i like I like enjoying that type of stuff and I knew I had to handicap myself so I went to Bradenton, Florida if anybody don't know Bradenton, Florida is literally like a retirement place like it's literally <laughs> like old like it's, it's like you forty five and up forty and up like that's that's where you go mm-hmm. you know it's 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 an hour and a half from Tampa it ain't Miami yeah. it ain't so it's where the snowbirds go to yeah right. Yeah, and I could have yeah, went to Phoenix. Yeah. I could have went to LA. All these guys love to go. All these other places to train. And I was like, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to get drafted first round, be one of these best. I'm trying to get, I was trying to get drafted number one. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so I'm like, man, I gotta go.
1: And you were in the, you were in the Khalil Mack yeah, Anthony yeah, Barr yeah, draft right. too, right? Yeah. So, so you had a few linebackers yeah, that like that you deal dealing with. Yeah. I'm
2: like, man. I, so I gotta. i like, I already know what I put on tape. On tape, I felt is just as good or better than anybody. But I know right. that I'm smaller. So I was like, I gotta right. I gotta do my part, you know, so I can compete with these guys. Cause Khalil, he's a dog, but he's also looks like a dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Anthony Barr, the same way. Like both of them boys, 6'4", six, four. yeah, two fifty, yeah. like like our yeah. number one draft pick, J- Jadavion Clowney, Clown, he's six six, two ninety, like like <laughs> uh, running running like that. Yeah, right. And I'm over here. Six one. I was two fifteen coming out. You know, so I was like, I was like, man, I gotta gain weight. You know, what I'm right, look at this, look at this big safety and That's what people were saying. You know, that's what people were saying. But I was, but when, but if you if you turn on that on that tape, I felt my tape was just yeah. as good as everybody in there. You know, so yeah. I was just like, I gotta do my part when it comes to like showing that, hey. I'm a, I'm a playmaker, but I also can, you know, I gotta look So you it.
1: took your ass to Bradenton,
2: Florida. Yeah, so I, I went to Bradenton, Florida, <laughs> and I just grinded it out, man, I grinded it out, and I was just, man, I was like, hey, I love Anthony, I love Khalil, I love Jadeveon, I love Odell, all them. I like, my draft class was stacked. But I was just yeah. like, yeah. man, I feel like I'm just as good, at Aaron Donald, I'm just as good as any of these boys. You know, so I was like, yeah. I need to focus on getting better. I need to focus on just showing what I can do, and, that's, and I trained for it. And that's how, Like I was I already knew I was fast. Like I wasn't worried about running fast. I was more worried about
1: just
2: making me look big and 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 actually right. showing people I'm strong too. You know. So right. Like,
1: right. What was the most uncomfortable part of the draft process for you? We we've heard those horror stories and you know wild ass questions being asked or. You know people's past being brought up for you during that process where you, you don't know where you're gonna live for the next seven, yeah. 10 years of your life. You don't know how much money you're gonna make. You don't know if all the work has paid off just as yet, even though you should because you're in the, you're in the conversation. What was the what was the toughest part about the draft process for you? So it,
2: all that stuff wasn't bad for me. One thing my dad told me going into high school, he was like Ryan. Everybody life is like a garbage bag. And he'd be like, what, you know? And he was like, the more baggage you got, the more the less people want to deal with you. You like the heavier the garbage bag, nobody want to take out a heavy garbage bag. He's like, but if you ain't got nothing in your trash, you like even your girl would take it out. <laughs> no, no, for real though. Shout out to Pops. No, no to hey, no, hey, but, 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 but hey Jason, am I wrong? You know what I'm saying? So like uh, shit, you're wrong in this motherfucker, cause I, my
1: lady ain't taking out no gas. You know what I'm trash.
2: saying? But, yeah. If you if you got nothing but paper in there, she'd be like, oh, this ain't bad. I'll throw this out. This ain't heavy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll throw oh, this God. out. And, 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 and so that's the same thing when it came <laughs> to the draft. Like, some people pill peelin', they peeling back. They peeling back the orange pill and you got, yeah, yeah, oh, he yeah. a suspect for murder. He got four yeah. kids. He got, you know what I'm saying, he always in trouble. He got a DUI. It's like.
1: Good thing you didn't go to Florida, it, sir. <laughs>
2: right. You know what I'm saying? Like. Just saying. Just oh, just hey, saying. All I'm saying, hey, they went, they went, they went in my bag. I was like, man, his dad is a pastor. You know, his dad is a pastor, man. He. You know, he got it. They keep hey, every every
1: every every layer of the onion yeah. is oh yeah, Pop's still a pastor. Yeah, that, that's, oh, yeah. Hey, Dad's a pastor. Pop's pastor.
2: Man, he he Man, he rocking a two point seven, so he a good he a decent student. You know what I'm saying? They're rocking hey. a two point seven. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm I am i was not a three 0. I mean I wasn't a two Killing I wasn't it. a three point eight or nothing, but hey I was <laughs> hey, my age. Hey. <laughs> I can't hear what Cordell said, I can't hear what what I to do. Said, do. Can't hear the play football. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> hey, so no nah, I, t- I remember I told a few of the guys it's at Ohio like State it. I was like, man, I'm giving this school a thousand days. A thousand days equal three years. I'm out of here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> No, I love the Ohio it's,
1: State, but I just that's the, that's that was my mental. If, if you don't know why you should listen to the Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL Show, you're hearing it all right now because this is this guy, and then James Jones is also like this guy. <laughs> it's just he from the West Coast, so you get two distinctly different accents, <laughs> but the same foolishness uh, for an hour. So, so nothing nothing tough about the draft process. Draft rolls around. Like you said, you're in a linebacker stack draft, yeah. top of the draft, you got Jadavion, obviously Khalil Mack coming out of nowhere in Buffalo. You know who he played well against yeah. that that final year in Buffalo. Yeah, no, he did you know, his thing. He, yeah, he did his thing against those Ohio State boys. And then Anthony Barr coming out of UCLA, looking like you know, uh, Boris Kojo. Right, right man. Here 6'4", 270 pounds, so when... At what part of the draft were you like, all right, I should be going here? And did that happen for no, you? Did that, you feel like no, that, was that, that, were you were upset that, about no, that? No, that,
2: that happened for me because I, I went about – so I pulled my hamstring when I was running my 40. So, like, at the end of my 40, I pulled my hamstring when I ran the three, And so I didn't really – I was, tra- like, working out as hard as I can to do the, you know, the, the private workouts. But it's like I was working hard for it, but I was also happy I wasn't doing them. You know what I'm saying? Because, like – like, they be kinda of working you to death on the proper workouts, this is, you know? So I was like, my agent, so my agent was like, how you feeling? And I'm like, man, I'm working my butt off, but I can't do nothing. Like, I, was, like I wasn't really like, I wasn't finessing, yeah. but no, I just no, really you, no, he was really good. No, no, you was hurt. You know, so, yeah. so I would go visit them, but I just couldn't work out, and the other guys would be working out, and he was saying, yeah, like, Ryan, I'm talking to these teams, and I remember I went to the Steelers, and the Steelers uh, linebacker coach, and me and him are super close now, and he was like, man, Ryan, I'ma be honest, I don't know why you're here, we said we have we have a few linebackers, and we don't need a linebacker. We need a lot of other positions, but <laughs> linebackers. So uh you a great player, but I'm gonna be honest. Have I kept it real with yeah, you. Yeah, he like, but I'm gonna be honest. I don't know why you're here. You know what I'm saying? It, but but Coach Tomlin, like he used to, he go to Ohio State. Him and Kevin Colbert go to a lot of Ohio State. Like, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, pro days, pro days, pro days, and stuff. Pro days. Like stuff. Okay. So, um, they. Coach Tommy, he told me before, like, I always seen you. Like I always watched film and I seen you. You know, I always was paying attention and I seen what you was doing. So um he so that's that's good to know. And uh he told me that and then I went to visit Dallas. And I promise you, when I was visiting Dallas, I talked to Jerry Jones, I was talking to everybody, and I felt like like me and Jerry was really like connecting. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then like I really, I really felt like, man, like, it seemed like he really rocking with me. Like he really rocking yeah. with me. You know what I'm saying? So when I was at Dallas, like somebody told me like he like one of the coaches, and you know, people said this all the time, they was like, if you had a draft, we're gonna draft you. They said that mm-hmm. it was at the Dolphins they said that. At Dallas, it was like a few other places. But I knew What f- picks did they have? The Dolphins Do you had what the 20th pick. Has? The Dolphins had the 20th okay. pick. Arizona had like the 19th pick. Dallas had a sixteen pick and the Stunners had a fifteen pick. So I knew for a fact at Arizona or or, or Miami, I was going to get drafted at one of those two. I, okay. The night before the draft, I prayed to God. I was like, do not draft me to Miami, right? Because I'm from Florida. So I I, I, was, I love I love my people, but I don't want to go there. Like, I don't want to go back home. Mm-hmm. I want to go somewhere.
1: Everything that go, goes along with going back to the career Yeah, right? yeah. I
2: was like, I, I I would love to be there, but I I don't want to go there. And it's like their culture is not like a winning culture, you know. So I was like, I didn't want to. I didn't want right. to right. go there. So during the draft, like I took my shoes off. I for some reason I bought some too tight <laughs> shoes. I took my shoes off, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, I'm looking at all the teams. I'm like, man, I'm not going first. I was like, I want to go first, but I'm not going first. You know what I'm saying, like. Not going first, and I looked at all the teams, and I was like, "This is what they need." And I was like, "Oh, man, I ain't probably going to like the 15th pick." So I took my shoes off, and I was just chilling in there, (laughs) you know, like walking around a little bit and just you know talking and like like, cause Khalil and my dad, um, they're from the same area, so like his dad know my dad a little bit, so like I was like, "Say what's up to him," and then say what's up to like my homie Roby, and we're just walking around. So I took my shoes off. Then around like the 15th pick, I'm like, the Bears was up. They had picked Kyle Fuller the 14th pick. So, I was like, man, I was like, man, I'm about to get drafted soon. I'm getting, I'm dra- I'm getting drafted very soon. So, then I, I started putting my shoes on because I was like, man, it's you know, like 19 all them coming up. So, I was like, let me put my shoes on. You know, I don't know when I'm going to get drafted. My agent called. My agent was sitting right by me. He was like, Ryan, I just got a call. Dallas about to draft you with the next pick. Like, he was like, Dallas is about to draft you.
1: So I'm like, so that means they were trading up. To, no, no, they to had the fifth. No, they
2: pick? had the they had the 16th pick. So it was the 14th pick. Yeah, okay. So there's like, oh, the, so was like, Dallas about to draft you. So it's like, all right, cool. Okay. So they hit my agent up saying they're gonna draft me. The Steelers called me directly. It was like, hey, Ryan, you know, so like basically, Ryan, are uh, you like Mr. Rooney? Pito? was like, hey, how you doing, Ryan? Uh, are you are you ready to be a Steeler? Yeah, so like basically, like my whole family, like oh, he about to go to Dallas. Like my uncle, my uncle a diehard fan. And did. I ended up getting drafted by the Steelers, and I talking to Rooney and Mister and Kevin Colbert and and Coach Tomlin. I'm like, man. To be honest, I was happy to go to the Steelers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, of course. like going of course. to Dallas would have been dope. But I'm like, man. I'm I'm like I'm, I'm a defensive player. It's, it's dope. You know what I'm saying? Going to the Steelers. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I was, you got the Steelers. I was super. I oh, mean, I was super happy, man. And it's just like to be under Coach Tomlin, and then uh, then being able to get close to the to the Rooney's and the whole staff. I'm close with everybody there. So. It just to get close yeah. with
1: everybody, it was awesome, man. So you're a Pittsburgh Steeler. Your rookie season is fine, yeah. right? You you do what you got to do in the rookie season. Then all of a sudden, the 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 light switch goes really on. Now, so the light switch that,
2: was on, Jason. It just I can't I couldn't stay healthy, dog. Like it was just I, that that was the problem. My rookie year, I was I was balling, but I missed like yeah. seven games. And then my second year, I missed like four games, and it was like I kept getting hurt,
1: and it was just frustrating, man. But the Pro Bowl seasons yeah. happen back-to-back yeah. seasons, yeah. right? And you, you're feeling like – and like you mentioned, the, the long history of Pittsburgh linebackers. You're talking Greg Lloyd. You're talking LeVon Kirkland. you talking, you know, back to the Steel Curtain days. You know, it, as a defensive player, there's a few, a few places that you want to be, and Pittsburgh is one of yeah. them. Uh, you started to, like you said, get to the Pro Bowl, and then – uh the unfortunate night happens. Yeah. The next was it the fourth year, right? Yeah. In year, f- year, year four, four year four yeah. December was it December fourth, yeah, two thousand and seventeen. Uh <clears throat> that what what was different about that night, if anything, before the accident the, happened? The
2: crazy thing about that, Jason, I wasn't even supposed to play. I was hurt. So the thing is about that game is we played Green Bay the day the game before that. And I got hurt, uh, and Aaron Rodgers missed that game, so we played against uh, Matt Flynn. No, nah, we played against Brent Brent uh, Huddle, Brent Brent Huddle. Okay, yeah, yeah Brent Huddle. Yeah, yeah, so we yeah, played yeah. against Brent Huddle, it was a, like we beat them pretty solidly. And I got hurt. Oh yeah, I got hurt. Like <laughs> I got hurt like probably like the last series of the game, like last like series of the game. So I like my ankle got rolled up on, and okay. So I'm, Jason. When I mean I didn't practice one day the whole week. I didn't practice one day the whole week. But me yeah. and Coach Tomlin, we had a good relationship and I used to really go to the facility every day at 6 a.m. You know, I was one of the earlier guys there, one of the last guys to leave. Like, and and I called a defense so me and Coach Tomlin always was talking like a quarterback. So he was like, Ryan, how you feeling? And I was like, man, I'm going to see how I'm feeling that, you know, I'm going to let you know, like, as we keep going, I'm going to let you know. He was like, all right, I'm going to make it a game-time decision. If you can go, let me know, because I know you're not going to go out there if you can't really go. But I told like, so I talked to my whole family. I'm like, man, like, I was like, I'm good enough to play, but it it might be smart if I don't. Like, it was like, it was one of them, like, if I don't play, it's not like I'm milking it. The end of the world. right? you know, it was more of a, Man, I probably shouldn't play this game because I am really hurt. You know, but so but I was like, man, every game every season I've been getting hurt, Jason. So I'm like, man, I, yeah. and I was like, I was on fire that season. I, I was catching picks. Yes. Like, I, was, I was on fire. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I don't want to I don't want to slow down the momentum, you know what I'm saying? And and then so yeah. so I so, so I decided. So take it take it Monday night football, yeah, right? Yeah, so I decided to play. And when I decided to play, I I, I started playing. I I started off well. I had three tackles on the first drive. And then Mm -hmm. like the play came. It was a regular play. It was like a drag concept. It was one guy underneath, a guy on the top. And when the guy came, I don't remember the guy hit. The guy came and I literally hit him. And the thing that's so crazy about it, Jason, he was he was running. And I was like, man, this is a routine tackle. Like, this is a really like this is a regular tackle. And I was like, man. The NFL want us to practice on, like, getting your head out of the way and all this and that. So I was like, man, this is, like, a super easy tackle. I'm like, I'm going to get my head out of the way, try to do, like, the the new – like, the, the practice, the yeah, tackle. the new technique. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I tried – Because at,
1: everything – before you get to it, everything characterizes your injury as saying he hurt himself making a head-first tackle.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so and there, so yeah, I'm glad you're explaining this. Yeah, so, like, when, I, when that happened, I really, like, just tried to put my head out of the way and – the thing is, he was running faster than I thought he was. You know, so I didn't anticipate him going that fast. So when I stuck my head out, you know what I'm saying, to use my shoulder, I ended up hitting him in the hip. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's why I ended up getting hurt.
1: So so, so those moments that, because, um, you know, they, they rushed the cart and everything out onto the field, did you know immediately that, oh, shit, something, something's really, really yeah, wrong? Yeah, I definitely knew something was wrong immediately because...
2: I, I thought it was more like a stinger. you know. And a stinger is basically like numbness in your shoulder. By shoulders. the way, for the
1: people who listening who aren't privy to Ryan's story, Ryan suffered a really bad spinal contusion. Yeah, in the football game. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, really, really
2: bad one. But go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So, you thought it was a stinger? Yeah, so I thought it was a stinger. So anybody that don't really know football, a stinger is basically just numbness in your shoulder if somebody was to, numbness in your shoulder if like if you was to hit somebody and somebody like, Basically, your, your shoulder go numb, and then yeah, after a while, right. you, like, kind of, you know, rotate your shoulder, and then probably, like, five, ten minutes go by, and you you get your feeling back, you know, and that's what I thought it was. And you had had those before. Then I had those before. At linebacker, you're going to get those. You're hitting people with your shoulders. So, I thought, right. I thought it was something like that, but I just thought it was a little bit more severe, and then, you know, we just, then it went from there, man. It was just... Like my, my, I wasn't able to walk, and then they just took me to the hospital, and just they was like, "Man, let's see what's going on," and then they yeah. they told me that I had a spinal contusion.
1: Yeah, 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 and the process for you, because. know, reading up on your stuff and, and like, talking to you. And I'll tell you this. Every Tuesday, like, when you... and I'm sorry, on Mondays, when you and AR and Isaiah and James are on that call me, every time I see you, brother, I I think to myself, like... Because at the time, like, uh, you know, we cover this for a living. So at the time, it was like, you know, you go into work the next day and you're like, yo, shit, did you see what happened to to the the dude on the Steelers? Like, that shit's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, and those... Those conversations happen so often in every bar and every pub and every fantasy football group chat, you know, and to actually be talking to a person. Because you know who you're around. You know, you've been around athletes for 20 years, right? So it's like guys get hurt. But when an injury like that happens and, you you know, you you get a chance to see how somebody has kind of rebounded in life. And, you know, I've asked you about, you know, how you felt afterwards, but never to any real extent. Like, knowing that – one, I'm gonna have to learn how to walk again yeah. and learn how to run again and all those things. Like, what was the most arduous part of that process where you're like, yo, I, I gotta keep pushing. And who, who'd who you have around you to make sure that you uh, you never let down?
2: Nah, so like, the biggest people around me were my family. My family was awesome. Like, my wife, she literally was in the, she asked the hospital for a stretcher and she literally stayed in the stretcher every single night, like every, I was in the hospital for like two and a half, three months straight. And she was in the hospital Damn. with me every night. My, our families was like, "Hey, Michelle, like we we like switch with you for a night, <laughs>
1: take over for a night." Yeah, yeah, right? because like
2: she didn't have to be there, but she would be there every single night, you know. And my family, my dad was there for, you know, my mom and dad were there for two months. My dad has a whole ministry taking care. Of, you know what I'm saying? Like it was a lot of stuff going on, but to me, man, the biggest thing was like it's just like anything. If you want to, even if you want to be great, the biggest thing that sucked was just re- repetition,
1: man. Like <laughs> like honestly, because what was what was the smallest task that you were like, damn it, man, I'm I'm an all world athlete and I can't get this down. <laughs> like I'm like something like picking up your toe,
2: like Jason, like you literally look at your toe and you're like, damn, like just, it's not moving. Like you just trying to pick up your toe or something like like
1: the kill bills, like the kill bill scene, yeah, like like uh, yeah, like, yeah, like no, really this, like really just yeah. trying to
2: like pick up your toe or like like for like for some people, I try to explain it to them, like imagine if you are trying to raise your shoulder, right? And somebody just pushing down your shoulder as hard as they can and you just can't pick it up. That's what it feel like. Like you just, it's just crazy. Like you, but you trying your best, but it's just like you can't, you know? And it's just like, the thing is like, it's the repetition of actually, once you're able to start walking, but then also the repetition of actually like, Thinking about it, like you know, like you had to, like it's a lot of mental repetition too. So it was just, mm-hmm. it was real, it was a real, it was a real grind, man. It was a real struggle.
1: And for the for, as we move on here to the to the Steelers Bears portion of this pod, because you was only supposed to give me fifteen minutes, and we are out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, already see. I, I truly appreciate you, man. I truly, and I know you're gonna send me the invoice because I know you don't do shit for free. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I appreciate nah, you. Uh, you bro. Good. Uh, uh, what was? The, did do you remember like the actual? What was the term, the medical term for your injury? Yeah, it uh, was it was a, it was a what, spinal contusion.
2: It was a spinal contusion. Yeah, uh, that, that's what it was. It's like basically I had a, you, a like a.
1: You had fusion done, right? A fusion surgery.
2: Uh yeah, so like they basically yeah they 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 fuse a portion of my back together like that like but most most back surgeries that's what they do like especially when you have something yeah. like that yeah, so they fuse a portion of my
1: back together. And how are you feeling these days? I mean, you still super young, dude, yeah. right? So how how are you like? Yeah, I, I know guys go through the bumps and bruises of NFL life. You know, unfortunately, your career was cut short, but a catastrophic incident like that on your spine—like, what do you what do you still feel like? What do you still have to go through on a daily basis? Man, and so, honestly, I'm I'm feeling a lot better. I'm feeling a lot better. I'm not.
2: I'm not 100%. I can't do things that I used to be able to do. I can't run a 4.3 no more, but I'm definitely blessed. <laughs> one of the things that I'm, I'm happy about is that I, you know, one of the biggest things to me, I just want to be able to be there for my kids, be able to to take care of my kids, play with them, joke with them, you know, and, and run around, be a husband. One of the biggest things for me, I wanted to be able to walk at my wedding. So, like, those are the things that matter to me. And to be able to do those things, you know, that means that my – my recovery was a success. Yes, sir. You know, so yes, And and I just I'm just happy about that, and I'm happy that I was able to to do that. And then now it's just it's just more about being a dad, and
1: I'm just I'm being blessed.
2: I'm being blessed, man. Yes, sir.
1: We'll be right back here on the Full Goal Podcast interviewing Ryan Shazier. We'll have his Monday Night Football preview after this.
0: The Full Goal with Jason Golf. Jason Golf. Jason Golf. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. i'm at full go the full go podcast the full go jason i'm loving the full go love the full
1: go the full go the full go let's get to what we came here for steelers bears monday night people probably gonna be listening to this you know sunday evening sunday afternoon monday morning whatever uh man i give you a lot of crap about the pittsburgh steelers and and then all of a sudden they got good on me uh you know they started playing real football again what What's the difference between the first four games of the season for this team offensively and the last four games or so?
2: The difference to me with this team is that they're starting to find an identity, and the identity is give Najee the damn ball. So <laughs> – <laughs> and, and no, but, but it's also – our O-line was very young, like very, very young. They don't have no experience really playing together And they're actually starting to understand and they're starting to build chemistry. So to see those guys actually starting to work together and build chemistry, it shows you that over time that they're they're learning each other, they're understanding what they can do. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest things that's really helping this team. Because think about it, last week they played the Browns. The Browns have one of the better D-lines in the whole NFL. And they were able to dominate them in the running game. And then when Ben needed to pass the ball, they didn't have much pressure on Ben a lot of the time of the game. So it yeah. shows you that they're they're growing, that they're starting to build chemistry, and that they're feeling good out there. And I think that's really important. But also, Najee's playing well. Like he's playing really well. Uh, he's he's a he's 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 getting about four yards a pop right now in like this back half of this, like this last three four games. And if right, you have a right. running back that's getting four yards a pop. Now you're in third and three situations instead of third and seven. And if you're in third and three, it's a lot easier to win games than it is when you're in third and long
1: situations. Yeah, you got the whole playbook open to you. Uh, since you've uh, been with the Steelers and, and, and to now, has the defense changed much? I mean, Mike Tomlin is Mike Tomlin. Obviously. No, it's crazy. I, I actually he's... went to uh, one of the meetings yesterday with the team. And, oh, well, get, hey, get, give everybody in Chicago a, you know, a little glimpse of what they're going to see on Monday. Man, they gonna, they, y'all going to see the same thing that y'all seen last few weeks.
2: Justin getting sacked, man. And I'm a Justin fan. you and, 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 Ohio and State Jason, boy. And, Justin, and Jason noticed. I love Justin, dog. But, it's like, but the thing is, what, what really hurt y'all is y'all O-line is not good. Y'all O-line is not Talk good. Talk to me. Y'all O-line is not good. And I feel like we have one of the better D-lines in the NFL. And the thing is, everybody talks about TJ, but they don't talk about Cam as much. And Cam is starting nah, Cam is. Cam is starting to get more credit, but Cam is a dog. And then the Cam one, the one guy that doesn't get a lot of talk for our team, that's a young guy right now, is Alex Hosmith. And Alex is very productive. He's a very productive pass rusher. And this is his first year starting, and he's playing really well. So Y'all – if y'all get any one-on-one – if y'all if y'all try to present any one-on-one situations, it's not going to work for y'all. But the defense hasn't changed much. And one thing that Coach Tomlin does a really good job of is that he understands what you do really good at or he understands what your weakness is and he exploit it. Like, he really – like, that's one thing that he does as a, a defensive-minded coach. And I think that's so, – a- So,
1: say, for instance, when you were in meetings back in the day and, and you guys – Keyed in on what, like a left guard, or keyed now in on. you no don't. One, you don't really a, key in on
2: a player. You kind of key in on like what you guys represent. Like what you represent. So, like for instance, if you like, if you're running, if you run like a lot of play action or something like that, like he yeah. understands, all right, which way you like to run play action, and he might attack that. Or he understands, oh, this guy leads you to the ball, or he, so he's going to attack that. So, like for instance. This, this isn't the Bears, but I'm just going to use this for instance. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. Allen Robinson, every time he lined up on the left side of the field, y'all running the ball. So it was like, all right, I'm going to blitz it over there every time you run the ball, like he's on the left side. or Every time Allen is in the slot, then it's a longer concept play. So now, instead of me blitzing, because y'all going to block it up, I'm going to sit back. So it's like little stuff like that. So while most teams is like, hey, we're running cover three, this is who we are, Coach Tomlin is more like, all right, this is what y'all like to do. And every time y'all are in this situation, I'ma force y'all hand. You know what I'm saying? Just paying attention to tendencies yeah. and exploiting those weaknesses. Yeah. So like he does a really good job of that. And like I feel like that's something that Bill uh, Bill Belichick does a really good job too as well. But I feel okay. like both of them do it in a different type of way. You know? So like Mike is Mike is more of an aggressive guy. Yeah, Mike is more I'm of an aggressive guy. Yeah, Mike is more of an aggressive guy. Like for instance, yeah. today in the in the in, the, in the, in the Baltimore game, in Minnesota in the game. Baltimore-Minnesota oh. game, Mike Tomlin 100% would have went for the two-point conversion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, everybody was screaming at the TV it, at the crib. Like, yeah, like he you would
2: have. Would you have gone for it? Yeah, 100%. So the, the thing is. What I, does it tell your team when you don't? It's, it's two things. Like It depends what type of team you are and what kind of coach you are. Like Everybody on the Steelers understand Coach Tomlin is a very aggressive coach. Like he went for it on the, he did the fake field goal. We ended up getting Boz hurt, but he did a fake field goal. You know, in in those type of situations when it's a, a, a close game like that and we're away, Coach Tomlin goes for the two. Like I remember we played the Chargers some years ago, and Le'Veon they they direct snap to Le'Veon and, and he kicked and he, you know, win us the game. Or with the yeah. AB play on Christmas, it's no time left, but Coach Tomlin going for it instead of kicking the field goal. It just it lets you know, like, hey man, Coach Tomlin. That like the way Coach Tomlin is, he's like, man, I play football to win. And and it's the same thing with the Ravens. It's it's, it's kind of a lot like that. The best two teams in our division on a consistent basis are very aggressive. The Ravens and us are very aggressive. You know, like the Ravens go for it on fourth and one, fourth and two, all the time. Yeah, and the same thing with Coach Tomlin. Then another thing. If you know that your team might not be as good as the other team, it might be smarter to go for two. And my my point with Minnesota is they've been in one possession games every game this season. So that means you need to change something up because you keep going to overtime. Right. So at least go right. for two. Do something different. You know, so
1: you going to pray for Justin on Monday, man? Because I know, you know, you're a Steelers man through and through, but you're also an Ohio State guy, and he's an Ohio State guy. Like, no, no, I, I I'm definitely, definitely going to pray
2: for him. Like, the thing is, I would, love, <laughs> I would love for, like, to me, I tell dudes all the time, man, I want you to have a good game. I just want the Steelers to win. It's, it's, hard, yeah. it's hard for me to say I want a, a quarterback to have a good game. Because like, for a quarterback to have a good game, that means most likely you're going to win. You know, so like I want Justin to have a decent game. You know, I want him to do you know throw one a touchdown, maybe you know something like that. You know, rush for like fifty yards, and then like that's the game. Like they do that. You know, what I'm saying I, I'm cool. I think
1: the, I think the Bears gonna win. You, you go say
2: that. You this is the full go podcast. Like,
1: <laughs> no, no, that's not that has nothing to do with that. It's nothing. No, this I is think, upset Sunday. This is definitely it was upset. A, a, for real. And what is it like? Nineteen straight Monday nights. The the Steelers have won something crazy like that. Like. That means Coach I, Thomas is a great coach. It does. How many how many, how, probabilities. how many
2: how many Monday, Monday night games have Matt
1: Nagy won? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we want to thank Ryan Shazier. For, we want to thank him for giving us his time. He's given us so much of it. And look at that. It's time for him to go. Now, seriously, though, man, tell people about the foundation. Tell people about the book. Yeah, so I have my book coming out the end of
2: this month, November 30th. That man is an author, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Huh? Yeah, I, that I, boy got
1: too many bags. Yeah,
2: I have my book. I got my book coming out. It's called uh, "Walking Miracle." So, you know, I was blessed. I had a uh, my 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 god mom gave me a bracelet before, and it said "Walking Miracle," and I thought it was a great title for my book because that was before I was yeah. even walking. So, yeah. so the book is called "Walking Miracle." It comes out November thirtieth. I'm trying to be a best-selling author, so I appreciate yeah, you going it. I appreciate it if y'all supported that. Uh, it's it's about how faith, uh, positive thinking, uh, helped me overcome paralysis and adversity, and I think most yeah, people man. can. Uh, take a lot of the lessons that I've had in my life and just use them and understand that you had those same type of adversities and it's gonna help you get to where you want to be in life. So uh, that's my book and then my foundation is the Ryan Shazier Fund for Spinal Rehabilitation and this is what Jason was giving me crap about. I gotta board meeting on next next week. Yeah, big things. Yeah, but but I understand how blessed I was when it came to my spinal cord injury. I had over 300 sessions of rehab and there's a lot of people that don't get that opportunity and I wanted to present that for other people and allow them to get more rehab and more resources when it comes to spinal cord injuries like myself. Because I promise you, being in that wheelchair is not fun. So as long as I can try to help more people get out of a wheelchair, that's that's what it's all about. And um, that's what the fun is about. And you can go to org to find, find out more information about it. And you can get a book at walkingmiraclebook.com. So.
1: Look at him. Look at him. He's ready for that press run. Yeah, yeah, Who you talking to out here? Hey, man. It's always, always a pleasure to talk to you on Monday. See you on Tuesday for the Ringer NFL show. Even, even better that I've gotten a chance to, uh, you know, know you from up close a little bit, man. So I appreciate your time and uh, you all right with everybody here in Chicago, brother. I appreciate you it. Believe that. I appreciate that, man. Yes, sir. Ryan Shazier joining us here on the Full Go Podcast.
0: Time for some
2: commercials.
0: Coming up on the next episode of The Full Goal with Jason Goff.
1: All right, that's all the time we have for this episode. As always, thank you for hanging out with us. We'll be back Tuesday afternoon with a full breakdown of Bears, Steelers. We'll react to everything we saw. sure there's going to be some kind of ridiculousness, and I'm sure Ryan Shazier will have something to say on our ringer show uh, the ringer nfl show i should say on tuesdays make sure you hit us up with your bears calls on the full go voicemail line at 773-359-3103 that's before the game during the game after the game just just get it off your chest how are you feeling about what you're watching when it comes to Bears Steelers? 773-359-3103 as always want to thank our producers Steve Cerruti, and Chris Tannehill. And thank you for listening and sharing and downloading, subscribing, doing all the things that you do. Make sure that you're out there reviewing us and giving us a good rating because you know you love us. And as always, thank you for listening to the Full Go Podcast, brought to you by The Ringer and Spotify as the gang. Take care of each other. Be safe out there.
0: Thank you for listening to my daddy. It's the Full Go.